Hi everyone and welcome back to the Life Bath podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in and it really means the world to me when you all get in touch and let me know how much you're enjoying the podcast. I also want to say I am so happy with all the messages that I got from episode four with Rachel Kershaw when we discussed cervical cancer and the importance of cervical screening. And a lot of you have actually booked your cervical screening appointments after listening to that episode. So thank you so much and it makes it all worthwhile. Like always, I want to initially say thank you to our sponsor of the podcast, Relish Cafe in Whitley Bay. You have to get along by now. You know fine well that I love the place and uh, you really need to pop in and get some of their coffee. You can also buy it online at relishcoffeecompany.com. Right, let's get into episode six. So this week I'm joined by Rachel and Rachel is a nutritional consultant and runs the blog The Daily Nutritionist. On this episode, me and Rachel talk very openly and honestly about eating disorders and how we've both struggled with disordered eating. If anyone in any way feels triggered by this discussion, please stop and come back when you feel like you can actually listen to it. There's lots of other episodes that you can listen to. If you do want to hear more and want to understand this mental health issue and even how you can help people in your life, then please keep listening. Hi Rachel. Hi. Welcome to the Life Bath Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased that you've uh, decided to come on the podcast so thank you very much. Thank you for asking me. No good so just get straight into it. Mm-hmm. So um, tell me a bit about your blog and what, what it is that you uh, that you blog about. So my blog has taken many like incarnations over the past um, maybe like five years now. Um, I have always known that I wanted to do something creative outside of my everyday job and um, I initially started one in like 2014 um, and it was more of like a beauty lifestyle Instagram and it like moved into a blog and I was doing the whole flat lay and everything like (laughs) that and and it didn't last because yeah yeah, I don't wear a lot of makeup so I don't know how (laughs) I was ever trying to be a beauty blogger and um, I just didn't like like what I was doing yeah. and um left it for a little bit and then um I in January of 2016 decided that I needed something to have something creative on the side again I didn't know at the beginning what that looked like but mm-hmm. I was really driven just to have something there and just yeah. to have something that I could write about and with that in mind and I I almost didn't want to tie myself to every anything yeah. or everything yeah and um, that it became the daily everything and yeah. I was like you know what I'm just gonna write about what I'm loving what's going on in the city what I'm doing I don't want to tie myself and I'm just gonna like have fun with it and yeah with that in mind I was like well I'm just gonna write about whatever I want and have fun so um that's when it became what it is now in yeah. its very first form and really started to put a lot of time into it started to invest in almost educate myself in what was going on blog-wise in Newcastle. Uh-huh. Um, and that's when I discovered the whole Any Bloggers and yeah. like this entire community, which has led me to people like you yeah. and, and like the connections that you make along the way. So absolutely like loving that, writing about like local restaurants, what I was loving. And um, it was funny because I feel like the nutrition side of things mm-hmm. came around by accident and right. it's probably something that we'll talk about a little bit further into the podcast yeah. but for me education around nutrition and um and a real passion around it is what people have came to me for for years it's like almost like what my friends know me for is right. being the person who's really active and really passionate around everything like healthy living and healthy lifestyle and Uh going to the gym and eating well has always been a part of me but so is the the disordered eating type of thing so it's like well how do they both come together and how can I put that alongside the blog and almost like merge them together to become this thing that I'm now very very happy and very proud of almost yeah um so when I started studying nutrition I decided that that for me was a part of my recovery, but B, just because I really want to educate myself and equip myself with enough knowledge to be able to write 
really genuine but also like really specific posts that are able to give really accurate information to people yeah um and do everything based on evidence that that was why I was almost pushed to do it so um it's been a journey with it but to finally get to a point of where I'm writing about what I'm passionate about Uh um is amazing because I genuinely think you can tell the difference between when somebody's writing about what they love (laughs) and about what they're super passionate about and if they aren't like doing that as a career then they would already that they would probably go into that yeah um versus somebody who's maybe just doing it because it's what they think people want to say or maybe they're just not engaged with with the content and you know I wasn't and I know what that feels like but to get to a point where it is is, is super cool yeah definitely because looking at your um your blog now with the whole nutritionist mm-hmm. side the posts are very specific like you say yeah. so it's really interesting that you you go to the, the post for like a specific thing and mm-hmm. it's about um like the su- supplements and kind of the vitamins and things yeah. or um talking about like macros mm-hmm. and what they are and and that's kind of it's that informative kind of burst of information um, that are really good for um, for people that kind of just want to understand nutrition a little bit more. So when you st- started writing about nutrition, mm-hmm. is that when you decided to study it or did the studying come and then you started writing about nutrition? It was kind of a mixture of the two, if, right. I'm, if I'm honest. Um, I knew that it, that it was something I loved and because I was doing it, on the side with friends already and because I write about things like vitamins it's usually because I've been taking them Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to share maybe my routine and then it turned into a post like oh well why don't I just do a really broad vitamin post for example Uh and because I do that it feels like I can you know like tell other people about it and it's not then weird because I feel like it's something I like I do so um it was definitely a mixture of the two I was so passionate about nutrition and learning how to properly put nutrients into the body because of experiences I've had in the past that I felt compelled to educate myself about it. Um, And then alongside doing that, I thought, oh, well, what an amazing way to share it than this blog that I've already got, which Mm -hmm. could be used as a platform. Although like I have got a smaller following than some, I think building up a platform and a following that want to follow you for things like the, maybe it's a macro post or maybe it's a post around eating disorder week. For me, it didn't matter because I was so engaged with what I, well, what I am writing. Yeah. Um, And you can, and when you receive comments or messages around, you know, thank you so much for posting that. We need to talk about it more that for me is worth everything yeah exactly it's not always about the millions and millions of followers um it's especially when you've got a message that you want to get out there it's it's about the the right audience um reading reading what you're what you're putting out there so so that's the that's the most important thing definitely so what is involved in becoming a nutritionist because it is actually something that for years yeah strangely when we'll get into my kind of story around eating and things that that it is something that I've always been interested in so what is involved in becoming a nutritionist yeah so I've actually trained as a nutritional consultant um so within that I am registered I do have a qualification yeah I'm um, all like a certificate in yeah. that so um I looked because I work full-time as probably a lot of the people listening do yeah. um I looked for a way that I could do it from home, mm-hmm. um, whether I was commuting on the train or whether I was had a bit of time on a Sunday to, yes. to sit and write it. Um, and the company I actually reached out to was was called Oxbridge Home Learning. Right. And they have a massive range of courses and levels and certificates that you can get. Yeah, you can get. And, mm-hmm. and, and it does come at a cost, but yeah. because I was willing to really educate myself about it yeah. it almost seemed like it was well investing in yourself yeah. aren't you yeah absolutely so um when I found it it was a certificate in nutrition and health and reading about what was included in it was like training yourself on what a healthy diet was they use a lot of evidence from the NHS so mm-hmm. the eat well program and what that looks like religious beliefs how that can influence um from babies to adults what does that look like and then as I was going down the list it was like eating disorders and the impact of social media and that for me was the minute where I was like right I'm bought in yeah like I want to know you want to do it yeah definitely because although all of the first modules were more about 
nutrition and health and giving yeah. you like that really foundational understanding of of health on a broad level mm-hmm. to actually get to that point. I felt like the whole thing was building up to being yeah. able to like what is the flip side of that? What happens when the thoughts that around nutrition are either warped or mm-hmm. become disordered and that brought me in and I was like, well, just seems yeah. like perfect. And yeah. Because like I say, because it's something that I'm that I love anyway, to be able to find something that almost like slot perfectly into that hole. I was like, well, yeah. the the only thing I want to do now is get as much experience and education as I can to be able to then take that to other people yeah. and say, this is what I've learned share out yeah yeah <laughs> uh, definitely cool and, to do that. and how are you going to um, do that going forward so I know you're going to be writing on the blog but yeah as a as a consultant do you, are you have like a business plan to 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 chat to people and, and actually consult people about their specific nutritional needs definitely and um, it's actually something I started doing in the new year right and um, so I just posted on insta stories and I had an idea of what I wanted to do and almost build a brand and have a really clear vision of what I wanted to do and my only thought around it is like I just want to help people like I just want to caveat this all by saying that I am absolutely not a doctor so I was, <laughs> yeah. and I'm really aware of that when I'm yeah. kind of on there like I'm not there to give almost medical advice but if no. somebody says I've got a gluten intolerance then I'll be like well I can tell you what what you can and can't eat yeah it is it's just it's it's a consultant it's, it's just it's helping you understand a little bit more about nutrition without feeling like you have to go to a doctor or anything like yeah. that it's just that that little extra bit of guidance that yeah. you personally um might need rather than just reading things yourself online absolutely and I was also really like keen to not have a um a nutritional guide or a program that was completely directed to weight loss yeah because like nutrition and getting optimum health can be separate from yeah. from weight loss in a way if somebody is just un- like wanting to understand how they can have more energy levels yes. throughout the day yeah is that a vitamin b supplement or do they genuinely need to go and see the gp and i think having that thought in mind for me was like right I need to do this but I need to get a really fine line between it so I just reached out on insta stories and I was like if anybody is wanting to invest a little bit more in their nutrition education and Mm -hmm. their health going forward in the new year please drop me a message and we'll like work together to do Mm -hmm. a couple of different things and um like a couple of people got back to me and I was able to send them out like give me a food journal of what you do throughout the week, any intolerances. Yeah. Um, and they were then sending that all back to me, completely email-based. Um, and then they, I was able to then look at that and give them hints and tips. And I'm actually going to post about it on my blog now because we've got a couple of cool case studies of people yeah. who've given that information. I've then almost been able to give them a plan back. Yes. Be like, this is like your results almost. Yeah, like and a specific plan about what, what they want to achieve. Yeah. yeah, and it can be literally as simple as like swap out this for this and you might notice that your reaction to eating pasta might go down. It can yes. be something as yeah. simple as that. So um, that's been really cool to do. And like I say, I'm really honest from the beginning. Like if this is something that you just want to invest in and you're looking for a way to make really small incremental health-based changes to your diet, yeah perfect this is for you but if you have a feeling that you might be celiac then I'm probably not the person to speak yes. to so yeah um I think just being really clear about what that person wants to achieve yeah um, and not like I say not making it mutually exclusive to weight loss or weight yeah. management So in other episodes of the podcast, I've talked about uh, positive weight loss stories and weight loss journeys and also um, plus size body positivity um, and want to look at now at a different point of view and discuss eating disorders. Mm-hmm. So I know you've kind of touched upon that as well. Um, and it was like it's scary to, to look at the stats and approximately 1.6 million people in the UK um, have an eating disorder and 81% of them are women. Uh, so the stats are are terrifying really yeah. it's it's really really scary and uh everyone seems to have been touched in their lives some way with with someone or themselves having some sort of eating disorder so what's your personal story with um with eating disorders it's like it's so staggering isn't it when you hear that and it's mm-hmm. it's it's even more so when you consider that the 
habits and the disorders that people have are, are completely unrelated almost and unbiased and the habits that you develop are can be so so different from yeah. one person to another but um my personal story I guess started back as far back as maybe 2010 mm-hmm. um I I can like vividly remember going to college and this is just an example before I probably get into triggers of me going to college and being sent like sent away like my mom would make us a little packed lunchbox and me actively looking for a place to get rid of it and that fit like when I think about it back now it makes me quite like sad but then I was like to what extent like what was I feeling mm-hmm. at that time and um I say I like I think about it quite a lot if I'm being really honest with you because yeah. it is something which is there um and it is something that I think will always be there and it's always something that'll be in the forefront of my mind but um, as far back as then, so what, like nearly nine years ago now, I was looking for, as an 18-year-old, independence and control. Mm-hmm. So fresh out of high school, going to college, um, I lived in colour codes, but I decided to make the decision to go to Newcastle College and make a new friendship group. And um, I have two incredibly loving parents Um who who have given us everything. I am an only child and I'm super, super close to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember feeling like I just wanted to, like it was my life now and I was 18. I was ready to just like have my own time. And yeah. um, and I think that's when I could feel the first signs of it coming on. And I didn't in my own head understand what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember feeling like I had disordered relationship with food to the point of where, like I say, I was looking for opportunities to skip meals Mm -hmm. but in my own head I couldn't match that up to being because I wanted to lose weight or because I was experiencing that it was just what it was for Mm -hmm. me and it just became part of my life and um in 2011 I had the amazing opportunity um to go to Walt Disney World um, and work for two summers wow. when I was away at university and it was like it was amazing it was the best time of my entire life I met all of my incredible friends there and um, <laughs> I remember going having two of the most amazing summers and the final summer that I came home I remember getting home and walking into my bedroom and being like I am not like I don't know what to do I've went from being able to do whatever I want Mm -hmm. (laughs) and go out at whatever time yeah being able to just kind of do whatever to then coming home again and um not having that answer to anybody but almost have like what are you doing like are you going out I've made this for you and I was like I just want like my independence and that was the biggest trigger for me where I think I suffered the biggest turn yeah in, in my eating and I lost a lot of weight um I was actively skipping meals yeah um looking for any chance I could to purge calories and that was usually from doing exercise um to the point of where it was like almost quite punishing what I was doing and um like and it is sad to think back on that and even quite now I feel you can probably say it like yeah it's like it's almost like physically hard because you think about that and you're like your body does so much for you that it can be quite like shocking I think to be able to think of what you put yourself through but um to be able to get to that point where like my mom and dad took us to the doctors and sat us down in front and they were like something's not right like yeah you've either got something physically wrong with you which is making you lose this amount of weight or you are and I would say it took me about a year and a half to get out of the denial right (laughs) of just pure like there's nothing wrong. I'm not I'm doing compli- anything wrong. Yeah. yeah I'm Which, eating. I'm, of course I'm eating. Yeah. And yeah. To the point of, uh, like, I was thinking about this coming up in the car that I remember one day being upstairs in my bedroom and my now husband, Paul, walking into my mum and dad's house to come and pick us up. We didn't live together or anything yeah. like that. Um, and my mum going, you need to do something because I don't know what I do. And I was like, how has it got at this point? Yeah. Like, and I, like by that point, I'm like, maybe ne- like 20, 21 years old. I've, graduated university yeah. like I've got a loving boyfriend I've got an incredible pet like set of parents yeah um and in a way I can understand the viewpoint of people who are probably on the outside looking in being like mm-hmm. well why have you got an eating disorder <laughs> like what's like and I think this is something that is not talked about enough yes. with not just eating disorders but 
mental health as a whole. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what your life looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you may have the best life in the entire world because what goes on behind closed doors and what goes on inside your mind is can be very far detached yeah. from that sometimes. So Definitely. No, I 100% agree. And and that's the thing with eating disorders seem to to not be talked about as much anymore. And it's kind of, it's all just bundled in with with mental health. And, and there's so many different variations of, of people having unhealthy attitudes yeah. with food um, because it's, it doesn't matter. You kind of think from from growing up and like when you were, when you were younger, there was like oh, people with anorexia were just like ridiculously skinny and mm-hmm. um. It, but now it's it's like you can't. You've got to look at the signs because people can have really different variations of 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 eating disorders and uh and it is sort of really damaging on on the on the mental health. Definitely, and I think um in one of the recent blog posts that I wrote um I wrote about the four major eating disorders yeah so it's anorexia nervosa bulimia nervosa binge eating disorder which is the one that i do not think is talked about enough yeah um and then there is the other one which is osfed which is or stands for other specified feeding or eating disorder right um, okay which essentially means that you don't fit into anorexia or yeah. bulimia but have a hybrid of symptoms which reflecting now on it and when i was writing the post i was like well that was me because yeah I didn't necessarily let my weight drop to the point of where um like I stopped my period or anything yeah, like that yeah. or like my hair started falling out it was it wasn't that bad but my relationship with food was wrecked like yeah. it was the thing that I used for control and um, the thing that I would use for control of, over other people where yeah. I was like oh well I'm not gonna have that because of, of this that happened and yeah like it's almost like your tool it's like what you use to manipulate how in control or for, for me certainly it was yeah of how I felt the ability to control but mm-hmm. um you know the habits and the symptoms you rightly said before are not mutually exclusive to everyone yeah. like they are they are so different when we initially spoke on the phone like yeah. we were both incredibly honest about our relationships and what yeah. we'd had like from an eating disorder perspective yeah. in the past and even then we knew that they were so different yeah exactly like that's I'd, like I've I'd probably never really talked about mine and to be honest it never got to it's never got to a point where I ever was diagnosed with anything or had to go to the doctors but mine has been literally since the age of 14 I remember like hiding sandwiches yeah. and like being at high school and doing that and my kind of weight has, has always fluctuated depending on what's going on in my life and um, I've always had a, just a warped sense of kind of body image and everything, and uh, for, for for years, and it there's there's been kind of certain points in my life that it's got it's got really bad. Like when I first moved back from university, I just got out of a bad relationship, and um, I kind of I think I'd lo- I'd put on a lot of weight in the relationship yeah. because that's kind of what I did. So that my disorder was the, of that that binge eating side of it of just eating eating too much and and not caring and then needing to get the control back yeah. um and I lost far too much weight too quickly to the point where once I'd moved home like my mum was like close to being like I need to take you to the doctor it never got to that uh because it was never for me about needing to be skinny even though I had bad um body image and I, I like I didn't like my body or anything it was it was the control thing it was the I'm not going to eat because that makes me in control um and it, it, it's it's a strange thing isn't it yeah. because people do think that it's all people have eating disorder you have an eating disorder because you've looked at a magazine I mean that they're bad but you've yeah. looked at a magazine and you want to look like that person so you've decided not to eat and there's so many different variations of it and like I say mine is, has always been a control thing and um and I, and I do still suffer from it now and I even sort of last year I lose a lot of I lost a lot of weight and I was sort of stressed and um people would say to us oh yeah you look oh you've lost loads of weight oh you look amazing you've lost loads of weight and people start commenting on it and they're like oh what have you what have you been doing and like I I mean this was only last year so it's quite a lot to share but I would say oh you know I'm just eating better and and um, moving more but I just I just wasn't eating I just wasn't eating during the day at all I was coming home and having a meal with Tom Mm -hmm. um but I wasn't eating during the day and it was like it was that control thing because I because I was anxious because I was stressed and but then 
my problem is is that it goes on the flip side of that then I start falling into the the binge eating side of it um and then I put weight on and then that put, actually putting weight on then makes me feel terrible so kind of over the last few months I'm I'm starting to 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 get better with it but it is still something that's really new for me and that's why I, I wanted to have this discussion because yeah. I think there's a lot of people that that don't know that about me as well and I, I want to use this podcast to to open up and and to have these sorts of discussions about about mental health about how how people are feeling and I think eating disorders need to be talked about because they're so like varying um at the way people people deal with things and getting that level of help from a nutritionist or someone that can kind of say right by eating this don't worry you're not going to put on a load of weight but this is the way you need to eat but also you need to eat because you need to have energy you need to be able to think you need to do but when your appetite goes it's so hard to 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 get that back and um it is it's just that talking to people and and getting the right advice um is exactly what what everyone needs to do yeah honestly you're so right not like honestly thank you for for sharing that because it can be really hard sometimes to to have that conversation and the thing that I learned and you probably did as well is that it's only you who can make that decision like my mom can tell us that I need to put on weight Paul can make us a meal and tell us that I have to eat but unless I'm thinking it yeah (laughs) then it then it's not happening yeah and it's that stubborn side of particular like this mental health sphere or this eating disorder where you're just like I you're the blocker like Mm -hmm. you are the staller no one's gonna force feed you um unless it got to a point where that obviously that has to happen with some people because it does get really really severe but but yeah that no no one can can force you to to eat it it's it's all down to you um and then that's when you push people away because they're kind of making them comments and like oh are you all right or then yeah yeah I'm fine of course of course I'm fine I'm fine um but then when you put weight on like this this world people will then make comments about that so you're kind of in this vicious cycle all the time and because of me I lose weight so easily but I also put weight on so easily so it kind of like fluctuates um and and that is and the reason I lose so much weight and then I I put weight is because I've just got such an unhealthy attitude with with food um and it's all about that con that that control yeah it's not about I want to be the skinniest person in the world um it's just about about that 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 control yeah and like the intensity of the the pendulum swing almost from i want to lose weight to i need to put weight on yeah um the thing that's terrifying and you've just talked about it there was um i remember being at at one of my lowest weights that i was and you know i'm five foot ten like i'm a i'm a tall lass (laughs) i think like you will notice when weight comes off what comes off me yeah um and i remember being at university um, and I think I'd just come back from the state, so probably looked healthy. I was tall, thin, and tanned. Um, and I remember being told, like, oh, my God, you look amazing. Yeah. I was like, you physically do not know how poorly I am. Yeah. Like, and how actively I'm trying to stay like this. Yeah. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, how how warped was that? And the comments people have made to me in the past, like, is that all you're having for lunch? Or, yeah. And, infuriates us now sitting in this chair when I think about it and to say that to anybody is so out of line and so bang out of order because you you do not know what that person is going through that could trigger that person yeah um like I remember (laughs) planning for my wedding um and that I remember thinking like this could trigger me into into having an unhealthy relationship again with food because it's my wedding day I want to look the best I've ever looked in is that for me then equal in being thin, which yeah. probably in my mind it did. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking I need to be really, really careful here because this could trigger me again mm-hmm. um, into that unhealthy relationship because during the time that I was experiencing like the disordered relationship with food was when I can remember wanting to be thin. And yeah. to your point, it's not because I looked at Instagram and I seen a cute Instagram model yeah. or because I looked in a magazine it was just because in my head that's what I wanted yeah um and I think the the conversation around social media and eating disorders and body image is a podcast on its own <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. realistically because yeah. there um there are two very very relevant sides to that story yeah um of the real horrendous trolling and you know the the overuse of photoshop and and all of that world definitely it's it's scary and and i'm i'm kind of pleased that when i went through 
the worst of my um, kind of eating disorder. Never really called it that, but I, I would say that that's what it was. Yeah. So over the um, before when I moved back from university, the sort of two thousand six, two thousand seven. Instagram and Facebook didn't exist yeah. I'm old so um that didn't that, that that didn't exist and I can't imagine having that mindset that I had then and being bombarded with mm-hmm. being online and 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 seeing all of those images of the of the beautiful people with the clear skin and the the amazing bodies and the beach bodies and things yeah. I don't understand how young girls do it now because yes, I still have issues with my body and yes, I still, um, but that's not really for me as driven as online. I'm more like, I want their clothes rather than their, their body. Like it's more like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I just, I need to earn the money so I can buy their clothes. I don't care about their body in it. Um, do you know what's really interesting as well though, is that when we were younger, um, we, we did have that, but mm-hmm. it was in magazines. Yes. So you yeah. had to actively go out and, and seek it out. Yes. Whereas you're absolutely right. There is, it's so accessible now mm-hmm. that you almost can't get past it. Yeah. Um, and it's so in your face that you are right. Like it, it must be, it, it must be hard now if you, if you're growing up these days, but you know, on the, on the flip side of that, um, there are incredible communities yes. out of that, out, out of social media who do incredible support and breed a real, aspect of positivity that can come out of a really dark time for somebody and yeah um you know i think sometimes social media gets a bad rep mm-hmm. um when sometimes it can be that that place that somebody will go to for yeah. either solace or maybe to just drop that person a message like you just never know do you what like i say what people are going through but if yeah. they find that community which they know is going to give them that support or yeah. they see something online that really speaks to them mm-hmm. then then fair play use instagram to your heart's content but yeah. um it's all about the balance because um, there are some quite scary things as well. Um, on yeah, the internet, definitely. So. I th- and I think that that's what's good. So l- from saying that of that that sort of couple of years that I, I sort of lost all that weight, um, I wish I had access to, to that those sorts of communities yeah. that I could easily access. So the, I mean, the internet was still a thing, but it was more like your forums and things. And you didn't really go there. You didn't know what you were looking for. And also I didn't, I didn't, I'd never admitted it. I never admitted that I had a, an issue. I mean, it was blatantly obvious that I did because I lost about, I went from like pushing a size 16 to like a size six in four months. Yeah. It was a ridiculously dramatic uh, weight loss, but it was, I'd came out of a relationship, it was really bad. And I just, I was living away from home. I just didn't eat, just didn't eat. I would go days without not even eating a single thing. Uh, and it, it, it's it's horrendous. Yeah. And those traits have carried on with me for the last 10 years. And even though, yes, I did lose quite a lot of weight um, last year, I was still being quite healthy with it, but I probably wasn't eating as much as I should have mm-hmm. because those kind of, those traits from 10 years ago were still in the back of my head. I was never letting it get as bad as it did. And I, I lost a healthy amount of weight. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, kind of back to those like 2006, 2007 times. I just think like, I just can't believe that I'd, I ever let myself yeah. get like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back at pictures now and I just think, wow, like it got to the point where, I mean, I'm I'm only short, um, like 5'1", but I was under seven stone. Wow. Um, and it, I think I remember looking in the mirror once and like being able to see my ribs like on my back and I was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but for me, it wasn't that I needed help on the actual eating disorder. It was the other things in my life going on. It was the yeah. end of a relationship. It was the upheaval of like living away from home and kind of all that stress. And then once I got home and once I kind of got some balance back in my life, that started helping like I say it's always in the back of your head um and then when you put weight on you kind of start remembering oh well this is how I used to lose weight so what is this and it's it it's a constant if you ever suffered from something like that it's a it's a constant struggle um for for the rest of your life really definitely and I think it's really it can be really useful sometimes to carry those lessons with you and Mm -hmm. be able to recognize that in yourself because if you've recovered and you are at a point now as we both are mm-hmm. where you're aware of it and you're yeah. aware of what it feels like when you are moving to a point of either feeling triggered or beginning to experience like that that's not me like yeah. I feel like I'm experiencing symptoms again then I feel like to be able to identify that 
is is the reason that we've recovered yeah um, and being able to know that there is help and not being afraid to to talk about it as yeah. well is is one of the best things um because I think you can be like triggers can come in so many different ways and can in like inhibit the symptoms as well like yeah. um I've got a, I've got a, like a, a story about this from really really recently about um about, about body image and like potential triggers and uh-huh. um luckily like one of my best friends just got married in February um and I was a bridesmaid for her um the wedding was down in Derbyshire and it was absolutely freezing um, <laughs> and we were wearing like nice like silver dresses with with quite deep v-necks and not due to my eating disorder but just quite naturally like I've got a really bony chest right but for somebody on the looking in would be like like and it's just like a physical thing it's not necessarily something that's being brought on or anything by by eating disorder but from a body image perspective people might be like oh that's a bit odd but um so my best friend god love her went out and bought like white shawls for us to wear to like go across and she was like I know you're a bit self-conscious so I bought you one I was like oh that's so cute like to think about that (laughs) yeah um and I was getting my hair done a couple of days previous to before I went down for the wedding Uh and um my hairdresser's doing my hair and I'm telling her everything about the wedding and I'm saying oh like I'm really excited and stuff and I start to tell her about the dress and about my chest and I was like oh you know it's the same reason that I didn't buy like a silk wedding dress because um I didn't want anybody to see um anything like on there that might not have not fit as right or anything like that and she went um I wish that was a problem I had And do you know when you're just like, no, <laughs> you honestly don't. Yeah. Um, and you, I think you always want what you don't have. Yeah. But I was like, listen, I was like, at no point do you want this because it's something that I feel self-conscious about. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and it, that's, what, that's what's like <laughs> terrifying, isn't it? Is that because of this culture of um, the, 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 the slimmer you are, yeah. it's like, oh, well, what, 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 so you shouldn't complain because you're really slim. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well you don't see the underlying effects of that um, and what some people have gone through to be that slim. Some people are just naturally that slim and can't do anything about it. So for their mental health to think, well, it doesn't matter what I eat or how I eat, I am just proportioned in this way, then it's... There, there shouldn't be that sort of uh that culture where you can say oh oh well a downplay kind of your issue yeah, um exactly. and be like oh well oh, I wish I well I wish I had the problem that I was too skinny and, it's and like, you know what I think that and I remember listening to Gemma's podcast yes. from a from a couple of weeks ago and I, I messaged her afterwards and I was like I was because I was ironing at the time uh-huh. I was listening to it and I remember literally being like everything you said was so bang on yeah and I you can almost hear the eye roll when you are thin and you say that you've got insecurities, yeah. like how dare you, blonde yeah. head, tall, thin person, feel like you can't have yeah. an insecurity because you are what society would deem to be acceptable. Yes. Um, and where the hell that has come from for people to deem that acceptable, I just do not understand. Yeah. And um, I remember Gemma saying, who cares as long as you're healthy? And yeah. like, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Like if I'm walking into that wedding, we in a healthy amount with a healthy BMI, which isn't always the best indicator <laughs> of health. But if yeah. I'm walking in and I know that I'm eating right, that I'm getting enough hydration, that I'm living my best life and eating it like correctly, yeah. Then who the hell are you to say that yeah. that's not the case? So yeah, um, exactly. I remember kind of being a bit taken aback in in the hairdressers and thinking yeah. like, well, like it is. You're absolutely right. It is just a really warped sense of yeah. acceptance and understanding um and i still think that there is a a lot of work to do when it comes to to things like that yeah um, and you know they, it'll, it'll continue to go on like the the mountains that have been moved so far with with mental health are are staggering and they you know the the amount of chat these days around acceptance and mental health days at work and everything like it is becoming more talked about but yeah there is still so so much more we can do um yeah you know eating disorders or mental health is a is a wider discussion yeah definitely because um i just think weight just shouldn't be mentioned and i know that's an an idealistic way to look at things but but it is a trigger for people and and people don't realize that because i've never openly told absolutely everyone yeah i have i have issues with weight and i have issues with food um when i do put on weight and people comment that that oh oh, and people do and it's crazy that people do comment and 
then straight away that's to me oh well I need to oh, I'm not, I'm not, I won't have any lunch then because like I feel the and then it's and, and it's and it's crazy yeah. and then when I do start feeling better well it's obviously not feeling better but I then I'll then overeat um so so it's it, it's this like crazy yeah. sort of I definitely probably need to speak to someone about it but I kind of I'm, I know as well though like that's the thing it's not like I'm um completely in denial like yeah. I talk about it I do talk about it and, I, and to like my husband and and I know that I've got a, a strange relationship with food and with my body and with weight so it's just it's that's why the blogging I think is so amazing because you you can see normal people's yeah. point of views and it's not magazines when we were younger of just reading more magazine of like this is what a one article yeah. about what what someone um had an issue with it's like you can go online now and you can google something and you can read someone else's journey with that and exactly. and uh and it and it is hard and I'm nowhere near out of the journey and I can't say this is what happened yes 2006-2007 was the the worst part of it mm-hmm. um but that always stays with you um so and it need it needs to be talked about more and people need to it needs to be accepting that people don't talk about people's weight even yeah. um oh you look really skinny because that that can don't be that that can be a trigger because that's exactly what I I had I would get e, you look you look so skinny you've lost so much weight and that kind of you, makes you think oh well I'm doing like I'm doing it I'm, right. do, I'm doing it right yeah and it, that's it's, that's hor- it's a horrendous it to think it because is. it's like well well no it's because I'm I'm not putting any energy into my body yeah, and that's why I've lost weight since yeah last night yeah potentially yeah um and like you are right like there is absolutely no point where that should ever be the chat yeah <laughs> that you have with somebody yeah just to comment on on that part of their appearance just yeah. don't say anything at all yeah um obviously if it's something that you are worried about yes so um, that, that's what I was gonna that's what I was gonna say yeah. so kind of the advice of like what would you say that to look out for if you if people are listening that are kind of worried about family and friends yeah. um what would you say to to look out for in 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 those people I think um anything uh, anybody who's had a sudden dramatic weight loss without necessarily wanting to or having a reason to and by means of that I mean like somebody who's not going through something medical but somebody who has dramatically lost or put on a staggering amount of weight within a certain amount of time like I mentioned binge eating disorder before Mm -hmm. um when we think about eating disorders it's usually the ones that are dramatically losing weight where it's probably where our mind goes but You know, it could be somebody who's went through a really traumatic time. Like if somebody is going through high levels of stress, um, if somebody is already dealing with something like depression or anxiety or even has obsessive tendencies to their yeah. uh, personality, that can be an indicator that they could potentially be going through something like that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> as we probably both know, eating disorders are the most secretive versions of yourself that you could ever be yeah um whether that's lying about what you're doing whether mm-hmm. that's going to the toilet and flushing the toilet so that nobody can hear you being sick yeah um be as close as you can to to that and be really aware of that within people because um we will do a lot to hide what yeah. we're going through and you know sometimes it can be really hard um when you think that somebody is doing that or whether like you think that somebody is maybe experiencing that particularly when it's like somebody that like you're close to or that you love and like oh god I don't want to go and speak to them in case I upset them and um the resources that are online are absolutely incredible um beat the online um community is the best um form of resource when it comes to like on their website it gives you resources around what to say to somebody who you might think who you think might have an eating disorder right. um 10 things like t- 10 of the easiest symptoms to say um they're actually linked on my blog so i'll, I'll yeah I'll yeah make sure they're there um just because the the little phrases and the little things like that that the future are just incredible and yeah um i can see being really useful if if somebody does feel like there's somebody going through something like that yeah um, the nhs obviously are, are another great resource and they've got a lot on their website too but um the the most important thing is is if you feel like somebody is going through that is just have the conversation yeah um, it is it it is it's it's not 
being worried about offending them if you genuinely think that there's an issue, but expect defensiveness, expect downplaying it, expect there's not, there's nothing wrong. Like you, 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 we're good at projecting that, that the person that's worried about you is the person that's got the problem going, you, you, what, what do you think that? that's not it at all like you're being stupid like I'm absolutely fine um and definitely looking for the signs of if you're out in in social situations and you're going for food I used to always meet up with friends and be like oh I've I've just eaten it's fine I've I've just I've just eaten something and it's just those excuses that kind of are a little bit out of the norm um so yeah it's 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 picking up on that and just just noticing your family and friends and with any mental health at the minute and and everyone's talking about it is just it's just checking in on people and and if someone is kind of withdrawing from the group or Mm -hmm. withdrawing at all is 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 just talking and having them conversations and we're so worried about offending the people or like um upsetting them or you can't upset them it's like if you're genuinely worried about someone and you care and love about love them then you need to just come out and, and say look you need help and that's what my mom did in 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 the end she was just like right is there is there an issue here do we need to take you to the doctor because you've 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 just lost too much weight um and luckily by moving home I got myself well again um my mom was exactly the same (laughs) yeah she was like well you either admit that there is or we're going the doctors yeah and it ended up the latter for us yeah um you are right. It can be it, it can be so different, can't it? And I remember being in situations like that where you go into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever did this. Um, where I used to look at the menu beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and use it sounds ridiculous to say, use like calorie can like tracker apps. Right. Okay. To see what I could have that was the lowest calories on the menu. Right. Be like, well, if I'm going out, I'll have that because that means that I won't. I won't have like and like I'll be able to page those some way. Yeah, and, it's like, that obsessiveness, isn't it? it? Is, it I mean, is. when I was bad, iPhones didn't exist, so I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't have. <laughs> I couldn't have gone on an app for any of that. But but it is though. You do. You look at that and you think, um, oh, I'll just I'll just have. I would even just be like, I'll just have some chips. It's fine. I'll just I'll just sit and like I'll just graze. And I'll, I'll graze on some chips. Yeah, and it's it it's that's what you need to be looking out for in your friends because it's not normal behavior if you're planning on going out for a meal as a group then everyone sits and eats eats some food um and it's it's picking up on the signs that that people might be sort of eating slowly or like like picking up their food playing with their food um and and really understanding that 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 there might be an issue there and and especially with if you do see dramatic weight loss in Mm -hmm. people that you know aren't doing kind of shreds at the gym or but then that that is another form of it as well like that's the thing is is you can get obsessive with with being at the gym and obsessive with um with exercise so it might not even be about your food it might be that 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 disorder with with 100 yeah it can be a purge yeah and like if you suddenly see that somebody's going and doing a massively punishing gym routine six out of the seven days of the week there very well could be a chance that there's something going on behind the scenes there that um the most important thing and you're right like you don't ever want to get to a point where you didn't have the conversation because you were scared to offend Mm -hmm. but then it got so far into that eating disorder that that person then suffered organ failure i could not imagine anything worse than thinking that i didn't have the conversation um and it can absolutely be the most terrifying thing ever. Yeah. Um, to have that conversation to either a loved one or you know to a to a friend, mm-hmm. like somebody who's not necessarily your family, but you're yeah. noticing this in them. And yeah. how do you then combat that? And, yeah. Um, I remember my friends afterwards, you know, like my closest girlfriends afterwards, being like, "What can we do? Like, how can we support you?" And this is after this is almost afterwards. So it's after yeah. I've understood exactly what's going on. Um. Like from a level of secrecy perspective, if you see somebody becoming really withdrawn or you feel like they're a lot quieter than usual mm-hmm. and you're piecing these together with saying, you know, weight loss or more gym use or um, like you say, they're, they're nibbling at their food or yeah. they're not eating full meals or, um, you know, they might have taken on like a diet or they might have recently decided it becomes something like vegetarian or vegan yeah. Um. And this is not the case and it's not the majority in, in any means, but they might just be using that as a masquerade for yeah. um, their eating disorder and their eating yeah. habits. Um, I think just being as close as you possibly can to the people around you and um, 
you know, call them by their names. They are eating disorders yeah. and they're disordered relationships with food. Um, it took me, well, what yeah, like nearly f- three years to yeah. get at that point of being able to call it what it was yeah. and admit to myself that that is what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important that that conversation is is hard because that could just be the spark for that person yeah. to to recognize that in themselves and yeah, yeah definitely and I think um like that whole it's like body dysmorphia isn't it and that that can be a big um an, another sort of reason that eating disorders can yeah. can come about and I don't think people really understand what body dysmorphia is yeah. um and the what going back to how the the, the slim amazing looking what's classed as the norm yeah. woman in her head could look in the mirror and see the fattest person the largest person they've ever they've yeah. ever seen and um it's we're, we're all so complex people mm-hmm. um and i think everyone needs to do their research and uh and understand what all these different variations are so we can help the people around us exactly. as much as possible and then you don't have the stories that are in like the news at the minute of people that seemed like they had their life together and were absolutely fine and then they're no longer here so and that's a whole other discussion so it's um it's definitely something that that people need to get educated on more definitely so what help did you receive so I know you mentioned about going to the doctors so what was kind of that that after journey um of of starting to get better um like it sounds weird I feel like I've blocked a lot of it out right okay um because of the emotional strain I seen it putting on my mum and dad yeah. and the emotional strain on my relationship. I remember vividly going in to my local doctors, being sat in front of like a personality test or something where um I guess they were trying to assess if I was depressed or right. um something like that. I like I remember feeling so out of myself at the time where I was like, I don't physically know what's happening, what yeah. is what is going on. Um and I remember filling that in them being like, Oh well we're gonna refer you um and I went to the nutrition and diet part of Wrigley yeah. Hospital um and there I was seen by a nutritionist who um would get me to write food journals um and wanted to really understand before giving me any type of advice um exactly what it was that I was <laughs> kind of consuming in a day yeah um which at that time was not a lot um and she was the person who walked me through the effect of what was happening of what I was doing could affect my body yeah and whether like I never got to a point of where my period stopped or anything like that but um that that was an issue she she explained that that can cause things like infertility Mm -hmm. um and that journey on that of 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 understanding the way that it could impact my body on a long term mm-hmm. um, was like the shock and awe to me that I yeah. think I needed um, alongside all the emotional turmoil and everything else that happened. Um, I, like, I feel like I needed to hear that. So yeah. she would help me um, understand how I could get back to a healthy weight but eating what I wanted, which yeah. I think was really important. Like, I didn't want to sit down. I'm not the type just by nature to sit down and really enjoy mince and dumplings, but <laughs> yeah. I love things like salmon. And yeah. so how did we work together as a family? Because I still lived at home alongside my boyfriend, Paul, at the time. Yeah. Um, To get to a point of feeling like I could really enjoy food again yeah. and not see it as the enemy. Yeah. Um so going on that transition and making that change within myself, like there's been almost maybe a five or six year gap in between me starting that journey yeah. to then being here sitting as a qualified nutritional consultant. Yeah. Um all the time learning and all the time doing it for for me <laughs> and yeah. that sounds really selfish but it was just more of like how do I get to a point of being really healthy yeah eating and enjoying like what I love and you know like I was out for a walk with my mom the other day and I was like who would have thought six years ago that I would write a blog about yeah. food like it's wild <laughs> <laughs> um and it never it's never ever something that I would have thought but um that's where that's when I got to that point and it yeah. was the NHS like can't shout them out enough like thank thank god they were there because yeah. to get the support that I did and 
never feel patronised or never feel like I was being looked above to go to my parents to to have them understand how they could support. It was all about me. How do I learn more about cooking and baking and um, just really wanting to get back to to me. Yes. Um, And for a little while I was in that space where you go through it and you have a really good week and then you're like, oh, I just want to purge everything and, um, and and I'm not happy with the hips I'm starting to get yeah. back and stuff and it is just wild when you think back to it and I'm yeah. sure there's the and I hope there's people listening who resonate with that yeah and, and understand the um, the roller coaster that it yeah. is because I'm, I'm sure it's not even just exclusively within eating disorders to feel that way where you have a absolutely stellar week and then you feel like you just want to throw the towel in and can't do yeah. it anymore and having that experience with that particular nutritionist um but then also realizing that there's so much more to life than that. Um, and having the support of my husband, Paul, as well. Like when we finally started like to move out and, yeah. and get our own place and stuff. Um, he's a foodie. He absolutely loves food. Um, and he's and we've worked together to build like a really nice partnership where he'll cater to what I want to eat. And that yes. sounds really basic, but as somebody like whose wife's been through an eating disorder to yeah. get to that point where um, I feel really comfortable and yeah. he he understands and he knows when I'm potentially triggered um, or maybe starting to experience symptoms where he'll be the one to be like, come on now, like we've been here. Yes. I'm recognizing this. What do we need to do? Are you feeling okay? Do you need to speak to somebody? And um, having that's really cool. So yeah. um, that whole scenario, so like the whole podcast so that we've talked about so far has led to, to me wanting to educate myself yes um so to kind of go back full circle like um i if one person read a post and discovered something or learned a little bit more around a particular element of nutrition or you know the the two posts that i wrote for um eating disorder awareness week were two that i felt really connected to and i thought you know if if there's one person out there who reads this and they're like oh my friend is displaying some of the yes. symptoms here yeah, that 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 this lady has talked yeah. about. Maybe maybe I need to click on one of these links. Then you know what? Fair fair enough. Like that is what yeah I want it to be about. And um, it's just shouting about it, isn't it? And educating people. But it's people can read that and not realize it about themselves. Yeah. It took me because I never needed any official into like intervening. Um, to, I didn't have to go to the doctors. I didn't have to shout and admit I've had a really bad eating disorder for the last yeah. two years um it kind of it was never a it was never a thing so it was years later that like you read things and you think god yeah that that's that that's, was me. that's how bad it was and that yeah. that that was me and that is why I'm still funny with certain things and that's why when I do have big weight losses it's probably because I'm not being the healthiest I ever could be and I probably haven't admitted that and if anyone's any of my family and friends are listening to this then then it is it is quite a big thing because they'll be like oh you were you you look great you look you've lost loads of weight and I would just do my lines of yeah yeah I'm just eating better and moving more yeah and it's it's not that at all and and now I've got to a point where I put a, a, a lot of the weight back on and then you start panicking thinking oh people have to like look and going oh I should, I should, I should put weight back on and it's that constant like chatter in your own head um, so I need to get to a point now where I'm just, and I need to just be happy with, with the way that I am and not feel like I have to diet and actually live by my whole, I'm just eating better and moving more. And that, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be lying about that. I yeah. want to be saying, yeah, no, I am. I am just eating healthy and moving more. Cause that, that is the key to, to being healthy. And I want more energy and I want to, to, to feel better. Um, but it is, it's just that constant sort of battle when you've, previously in the past even if it was 10 years ago had that sort of major struggle definitely and if you now that your family potentially are hearing this for the first yeah. time which I think is super brave um if they're then there to be your support and your like god and like it's so important to remember that you'll never ever do it for the attention or for the love but mm-hmm. because there's physically something inside of you which is telling you that you don't feel okay yeah then you like we all need that support system yeah. everybody needs that person in their life to 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 be able to pick them up when they feel like that yeah. or 
be close enough to them or recognize that in them before yeah. that person does yeah and um, before it even gets to that point and um you know that's what your family are for that's yeah. what your husband's for it's what your wife's for because that like everybody should have that ability to or have that person or if yeah. not know where they can go to get the resources to do that because yeah. um you know we're both incredibly privileged to be able to sit and, and think that we've got husbands who can look after us yes um oh well in a way that they can recognize that in yeah. us but um you know there's probably many people out there who will go through with a silent struggle and um it's really important that we shout about the resources and the places to go to get support and um doing the research for the blog post mm-hmm. um there are so many places up and down the northeast from Newcastle to all the way down to Middlesbrough um, and everywhere in between that have got, you know, specialist services, places to go, really, really in-depth support centres um, that you can go to to get that support. Yeah. And um, it's really important that people know that so that they've got that support system mm-hmm. to be able to get through and, you know, get re- get recovered because that's yeah. all we want to do is is at the point where you identify that in yourself, there's, there's nothing you want more than just to make it all okay and make it all go away but as with any mental health disorder they're completely unbiased and we've talked a lot tonight about about us too and but you know the amount of meals that go through eating disorders the amount of and that yeah and and that's what needs to kind of yeah that's that of 81 percent of them are are women but that's such a huge part that are that are men that are going through this and i think it's it's stigmatized massively with men because it's it's kind of a given that women are self-conscious about their bodies or women want to lose weight and women and but with men going through that it's like they've even got less people to talk to about it so um it, it that's why these discussions need to happen um and men need to talk about it more and, and they need to to look at their friends and see uh see changes or or anything that that kind of is a bit out of the norm um for like their male friends as well definitely because it is so so unbiased and it will go it will manifest itself in anybody and yeah. um you know male female it, it doesn't really matter yeah like you will, Makes you will no have difference. that yeah. so um it's always going to be there so yeah it's important to your point that that people are aware of that so yeah no it's um and it's a, it's a really good discussion to have um it is that uh that people and thank you for opening up about about your your journey with it as well and um anyone that that feels like they're they're suffering or they they want to talk about it or know the signs then then obviously reach out to to me or rachel and i'll put all the all the links in the in the blog post before we do go you did mention something at the beginning that i really need to get some information on um what is it like working at disneyland oh my god (laughs) Or Disney World, should I say? <laughs> I need, I need the information on this. <laughs> so since I've done it, I've wound people up saying that I was a Disney princess. Oh I was not. God. I will just caveat that by saying I wasn't. Um, honestly, like if anybody goes to university or if anybody is listening and they get the opportunity to do it, um, it is genuinely the most amazing experience of your whole life. Um, on days off, we used to go to the park. Oh. Like we had the beach, honestly. What did you do? What was your actual role I was there? A lifeguard. Um right. for my second year. The first year I did weight merchandise um in one of the water parks, but the, the second year that I was there, I was a lifeguard for one of the um Disney like hotels. Yeah. Um I worked Coronado Springs and Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um and it's funny because when I went out there um, I was like, oh, I'll see what it's like. You live on like a big, massive college campus. It's oh, like wild. Dear. Yeah. Um, and so obviously there's like wild parties and stuff. Yeah. Like that ruins the magic a bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Walkers honestly, yeah. going on. <laughs> With like Aladdin. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it is just the best experience of my whole life. Um, wow. I met some of the closest girlfriends um, I've ever, ever met. You know, you've got friends from all over the world who I'm really lucky to like yeah. still have on Facebook and still get in touch with. And yeah, it's just um, the best experience. So so how long were you there when you, like what, how, what was the stint you did? Was it a couple of months? Or? I did two uh, four month stints because wow. I, um, every time my parents would come out and spend like a two week holiday on the yeah. end. So um, it was like within my, like my university holidays and oh, then wow. I would just trot back to England and go back to uni and like <laughs> as if nothing ever happened but um haven't lived at Disney World for yeah, a couple of months yeah wow. honestly though like um 
it does just kind of put everything into perspective. I was there just like as a teenager, like I turned, I got on the plane a month after I turned uh, 18. Wow. And then just went off, didn't I? And <laughs> waved my mum and dad goodbye. And me and Paul were still together at the time. So really? yeah, I just left and um, and we were just chill the whole way through. And I was just sending pictures of the fact that I was like in Disneyland seeing oh. Mickey Mouse on my lunch break and wow. stuff. So yeah, wild. Did you know the Disney princesses? Yeah. Yeah. What does it take to become a Disney princess? Do you have to like be like qualified and anything or they just like they just had like another world like an other worldly sense about them they would like walk through and just be like walk on air yeah (laughs) and then you would see them take their wig off and you'd be like well that's it done (laughs) (laughs) then you'd see them just getting pissed (laughs) yeah the day after yeah Yeah, it it was funny like i say it was um it was funny when you would walk down and like see like you would see mickey mouse yeah and i say that without any type of sarcasm at all <laughs> where you would be like going for lunch and Mickey would Mickey, be there. Mickey would be there. Yeah. Um, wow. It is awesome though. Like to to be able to say I've done it um, is really, really cool. So yeah, it is. It's I'm a great, it's of. a great story. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> but no, thank you very much Thanks. for uh, for joining us on the podcast today. I've uh, I've absolutely loved it and, and I'm, I'm glad how honest we've both been. Yeah. And um, I think um, everyone needs to be that level of, of honest when it comes to mental okay. health and especially with them, um, with eating disorders, because uh they they can be helped and they can be prevented so um it's uh, it's just just getting the getting the chat out there and making sure everyone is aware so uh thank you very much thank for joining us thank you so us. much thank you very much guys Wow, what an incredible episode. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on and being so open and honest. It was scary how honest I was as well, but I think it is so worth it. And uh, it was an incredible discussion to have. If you feel like you've been affected in any way by the discussion today, then please go onto the Beat website, which will give you lots of information about eating disorders. If you're worried about anyone in your life at all, then please get in touch with charities and places that can give you that advice. You can send me a message and I can also direct you into the right places and you can also send Rachel a message and she'll be able to direct you in the right places as well. And there'll be lots of information on the accompanying blog post. So I really hope you liked that episode. It was really from the heart and uh, yeah, let me know what you all thought. So thank you again for listening. And thank you, as usual, to Tom from TMH Sounds for editing this podcast and also to Bradley Parsons for the music. And you can find Bradley on the website Fiverr. Thank you again for listening and uh, I will see you next time. Bye.